Hey guys, this is Nate with Good Morning Liberty. This is a flashback episode. We're getting a lot of new listeners these days, and I wanted to highlight one of my favorite conversations we've had about democratic socialism and capitalism versus socialism in general. This happened back in early March. We've got 327 episodes here on the feed, so get to listening. Thanks a lot. Well, maybe not more self-interested. Everything is self-interested, but it it doesn't have the right incentive structure inside of it. And it doesn't lead to the results that capitalism leads to. Yeah, yeah. So it 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 just amazes me. And it requires capitalism to even exist in the first place. What money are you going to spread out? You have to be really rich before you can ever actually What money are you talking about? Oh, we'll use the 1% money for this, and we'll use the rich people's money for this. What if none of that money existed? You're sitting here talking about all these things we should have. What's the question you should ask? How did they get rich what about the system that created the money in the first place right. the, isn't that important shouldn't, shouldn't we shouldn't, shouldn't we, we consider figure, should we figure out how they got rich to begin with yeah don't and then you be like want, let's do more of that we should have more of that if you want to have a conversation about all these welfare programs you need to have a conversation about what's going to create the money that's going to fund all of well, those nate it was obviously greed that's just greed that's how they got the money <laughs> well greed and force and monopolies it was monopolies that's right, what it was right they pillaging just, and raping exactly. of villages. I there's so many villages in Montana right now, just all kinds yeah. of pillage going on. That's how Bezos has been able to get everyone <laughs> to sign up for Amazon was through force. That's how he yeah. was able to do it. You know, no, it's not because anyone freely chose to go sign up for that yeah. because they decided that was a better option than what they were doing right now. That's not it. Well, no, it's he, monopoly. His only incentive, Nate, for creating a more efficient, cheaper. Uh, more aesthetically pleasing system of a way to buy goods and services. His only motivation for that was greed. That's it. And it doesn't matter if people have a more efficient, more aesthetically pleasing, better run, cheaper system to buy goods and services from. It doesn't matter that everybody benefits from it because no. his motivation was greed. Therefore we have to destroy there, it. Therefore it has to be destroyed. Yeah, we got we got to get rid of that. <laughs> we got to knock that out. Yeah, that's the problem. The greed is the basis for no one ever no one wants to admit this. You'll disagree with this as you listen to it on the podcast. Greed is the basis for almost every decision that you make. Self-interest is the basis for every decision that you make. And if Bezos's uh, entire goal was to become the world's richest person. He had to construct a system where he created something that everyone wanted and that they would decide was the best option for them and they would all freely give their money towards that system. It doesn't matter if he's the greediest person in the world. Thomas Sowell put it really, really well in one of his newest books. I, uh, one of his books I was just listening to, uh, Economics, Economic Facts and Fallacies. It's a good book. Uh, You guys should go check it out. It's like a a quarter the length of basic economics. So it's it's an easier read. He said, you can be the greediest person in the world and it won't change your income or your wealth by one cent if you're not, basically, if you're not producing something that other people want. If other people are not willing to pay you that money, you could be the world's greediest person that's ever existed. And it doesn't change anything at all unless... You can use some type of government force to extract that money from people without their permission. That's the problem. That's the incentive structure that there is inside of socialism. 
inside of the free market, inside of capitalism, the incentive structure is, okay, people are greedy. People want power. They want money. Therefore, they have to produce something that other people will freely exchange their money for. And that way you can become rich if that's your goal. Inside of socialism, that is not the incentive. The incentive is to get power. The incentive is to pass laws, to forcefully take the money from people. That's the incentive. You don't have to provide things that people want. You don't have to provide a better service than other people are, than other people are providing. You don't have to compete. And human beings are lazy. We don't really like trying to make things that much better if there's no benefit. Go use a government website. Go get on the DMV's website and see how easy it is to order new plates or do your registration or do something like that. It's not. It's not. I was on, I've been on TDS, which is what I have to use for internet. I've got two options at my house for internet, not because there's not any other companies, because those are the only two companies that the government has permitted to provide internet service on at my address. That's the reason I only have two options. Their website is completely ridiculous. It looks like they made it in 1995 and said, all right, that's good. Fire the internet department. We don't need them anymore. So they made it in 1995. It's completely unusable. It's like being on the it's like being on the DMV website. You can't change your plan. I couldn't even figure out what plan I had. I spent two hours on their website trying to figure out the plan I had that I was paying for. And it's simply because they exist in a system where the government has not issued a permit to allow any company that wants to send me internet to send me internet. They've gone and they've bought that that section and said Oh, you've only got the option to get TDS or Comcast. I've got a choice of hell or whatever's worse than hell. Those are my two choices when it comes to getting internet. And that's only because... But it was all for your good, Nate. That's a government enforcement. Not, yeah, because if I had too many options, well, I mean, that would just be... That would be terrible. They'd have to compete. They'd have to make sure that their websites were better. And that's what Bernie provide. says, by the way. He's like, yeah. why do we need 20 different kinds of deodorant? Yeah, we don't need those. That's Come on, just, we just need one. That's just waste. We just need deodorant brand deodorant. <laughs> that's what we need. It it deodorizes things. And what's the incentive to ever make that better at, at all? That's the problem. Having all these brands is is amazing. It's it, it means that people keep trying to create something better and beat out their competition. And even if some businesses get knocked out, guess who always wins every single time in this situation? Who wins, Charles? Well, the people. That's who wins every single time in that situation because not, they keep getting better and better and cheaper and more efficient all the time. But it's just not necessary. I guess. Who cares if it's necessary? <laughs> None of the stuff is necessary. Okay. None of these things are necessary. A cell phone is not necessary. Technically, deodorant's not really necessary. Deodorant's it's not necessary. You know nice to have. How many thousands of years we went without deodorant? Deodorant's not even necessary. Not, not one bit. You could use a lemon. Yeah. You don't need it at all. We have it because it's a luxury. I mean, is that one of the things we're airdropping to people in Africa right now? Because they can't go without it? No, it's not a necessity. Okay, none of it is. So it's a. It just depends on what your your priorities are. And this is one thing we get into all the time, which is your mindset, like your your mindset and what your priorities are. We talked about it with the Lions Liberty guys on Friday. It's like people are willing to spend fifty thousand dollars on a car or a truck. You know, you want the Tesla. 
You want the BMW, the Mercedes, the Tundra. You want the Ford Raptor. You want to get new wheels and tinted windows and all that stuff. You're perfectly capable and fine taking out a massive loan and spending at least thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars on a car. Yeah. But lo and behold, you get life flighted. Yeah. Safely. And you you're kept alive. And, and it, you're you're taken to a, a facility where they could actually perform like miracle level surgery. They provide a service where a helicopter can save your life. Now, what kind of world is that? Yeah. I mean, good, those things are death traps. And Some, we all know it. I'm not getting one ever again. Something that literally defies gravity flies through the air. <laughs> a miracle. And you're saying $50,000 for a miracle. That's too much. Too much money, man. Ah, someone, I'd rather be dead. Someone, you, you'll you go you go spend two or $300,000 on a house that has too many bedrooms, is too nice and too new, has too many amenities. But if someone literally removes your heart from your body and puts in another heart inside of your body and you get to keep living for a long time after that and they charge you what you would have paid for a house that you didn't need, well, then that is just completely ridiculous, isn't it? Too much. It? Too much money for that. No, I I wanted the house. I wanted the house. How am I supposed to have a house now that I'm alive? Wait, hold on. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> You're right. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that's the problem. It's, it's That's the thing. I just, <laughs> I can't get past that notion. Uh, but the, what, what everybody wants is you want the highest possible class of lifestyle you could possibly get. For no cost. No cost. That's what you want. Yeah. You want the miracle science, the miracle procedures. You want all of that. And you want everybody else to pay for it. And you you think, uh, you you know, having this high class of lifestyles a guarantee. It's like none of that's guaranteed in life. So you have to you have to think about things in a sense of, as Milton Friedman said, in a sense of proportion. And you've got to get your priorities in line. Check out this tweet. Someone said taxation is theft. Of course, that popped up in my Twitter feed. Someone responded. Which is right. Correct. Also theft. Here's what they said. The cost of prescription drugs. The cost of your cable bill. The cost of an oil change. The cost of a month of your cell phone and internet. But those are private companies, so libertarians don't care about that. But like... What type of brain defects do people have to have to actually think <laughs> that that needed to be tweeted out and that it made any sense whatsoever? I'm sorry. What is act? What in the actual f is happening inside of that person's head? I just don't get it, man. The well, theft. Listen, theft is when someone takes something from you without your permission. It's not voluntary. They take it from you. It was yours, and they take it forcefully from you. That's what has to be theft. Now, then they're going to talk about your cable bill is theft. Your cell phone bill is theft. An oil change bill is theft. Uh, man. Things you voluntarily paid like, for. So I asked the person, I said, so what, <laughs> what do you work? What do you do every day for free? What do you work for for free every single day since you think that charging money for something is, is theft? Like, what do you, I assume you work for free every single day, right? That's what you do. You never require payment at all? No response, of course. The, the, the people don't like their ideas to be challenged whatsoever. No. But those things aren't theft. They're voluntary. Those things are, are, are not a necessity other than the price of prescription drugs, and we've completely screwed up that market so much to the point to where we have the situation we have right now. The drug market is not a free market whatsoever. If it were a free market, we wouldn't even need the FDA. wouldn't be there. We wouldn't need the regulations. You can't list me off 
100,000 regulations and then tell me that the problem's a free market. But then we got oil changes, your cable bill, your cell phone bill. What are you saying? That all those things should be provided to you for free? That, that and like the fact that you even get to have yeah. an oil change because you have a car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like how much that's privilege a, do you have? That's the problem. We, you know, I've, I see these these slow motion commercials with Sarah McLaughlin playing, playing in the background from these places in Africa. And it's the fact that these people's oil, their engines are locking up because they can't get oil changes. <laughs> that's the problem. And I feel having. so bad for them. <laughs> I just want to start dropping oil on the people. <laughs> that's not that's not what I want to do. But good good lord, like like Charlie just said, and and from Friedman, you gotta have a sense of proportion here. But then if you were to work it out rationally, like you're saying those are theft. Therefore, you're saying you shouldn't have to pay for them. Therefore, you're saying people should perform those tasks. And either one, you believe in slavery, that that's one side of that. You you think that people should work to provide you things without you having to give them something of value in return for it. Or you think other people's money should go towards that. But how did those other people get that money? So you got to be able to work this out through a, a more than one step of the process. If you're saying that the 1% they should pay for your oil change and your cable bill, how's the 1% going to have any money if no one's paying for anything? They, they act like this is just an endless cycle of money that, that never stops and that never had to be created. It, it's, it's not logical. It's not rational. It, it just doesn't work. Well, Nate, there's always going to be a 1%. Yeah, always. There's a 1% in Africa too, by the way. Yeah. They're there. There's a 1%, the 10%. 1% doesn't mean that you're rich at all. Of course, the one percent in the countries in Africa I've been into were the people that lived in the government that worked inside of the government. Those are the one percent. The rest of the people were begging me for water when I went outside. That that was the rest of the people, and the one percent lived in the giant palace. So the, you can have that if that's what you want to have. But I guess not here though. Not now. That's not what we're gonna have. All right, Charlie. So tell me about this article I sent you earlier. I read it last night and uh, lost some sleep over it. I'm not going to lie. Talking about how we've already got socialism and we love it. This is the point of the article, by the way. Socialism is here and we love it, Charlie. Yeah. Then what is everyone talking about? Uh, yeah. What are they so <laughs> are, upset about? Why are we complaining? Why is Bernie bringing a revolution? This is coming from anlandmanblog.com. <laughs> which is uh, apparently the tagline is what's really going on in Western Colorado. <laughs> so if you want to know what's really going on, socialism's already here and we love it. Yeah. Well, how about that? This is posted the day before Valentine's day. Glad it came out right before the day of love. <laughs> it was anyway, about something that we all love. This lady says here, I think it's a lady name being Anne. I'm assuming her gender because that's how terrible of a person I am. Yeah, You're just a, I don't know what you are. I don't, can you call me a misogynist for that? Well, well that's, I don't know how that works. I'm against women if I'm a misogynist. Hmm. Well, we don't know if she's a woman, though. Definitely bigoted. Just bigoted, I'm basically. I'm full-on bigot. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Anyway, any, she she says here... I was going to take a clip of you saying, I'm full-on bigot. <laughs> Just put it up on our page. Many people fear socialism, but that's because they misunderstand what it actually is. Well, many people actually misunderstand what socialism is, but that doesn't mean that's why they fear it. Yeah. But anyway, democratic socialism already exists at all levels of our government. And not only do we love it, we can't do without it. And when it's threatened, we even fight tooth and nail to keep it. 
Now, why would you fight the record label tooth and nail? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. Any, that's an inside joke for all you music people out there. But but uh, this is already patently false right here. Yeah. Um, no, we don't love democratic socialism. We rail against it all the time. Well, that's it. And every single thing that we're about to list that she lists here. Um, no, we don't love it. And we can do without it. And when it's threatened, we don't fight tooth and nail. This page is already coming from a pro-socialism stance and is already saying that we've already got democratic socialism and everyone loves it. So I'm trying to figure out why we would need to be having all these arguments about going towards democratic socialism. Right. (laughs) Why do we need to go further? Yeah. In the U.S., we collectively tax ourselves. We do. I don't, I don't, doesn't seem collective to me. To pay for programs and projects that benefit quality of life for society as a whole. Do they? That's a form <laughs> of socialism and it's how we live. Let me, I'll run through some of these examples that they put out. Examples of socialism are local police, public libraries, fire departments, garbage collection, public schools, social security, Medicare, farmer subsidies. Federally funded student loans and grants. Oh, that's a great one. Uh, Military, which actually might be correct. Uh, The EPA, the FDA, the OSHA, bridges, sewer systems, uh, drainage systems, water systems. Flint's doing well with that one. The VA. Oh, Veterans Administration. Yeah. Snow removal from streets, roads, and highways. That's that's its own department, actually. Who would have ever... (laughs) Who would have ever been able to do that? Yeah. Public in, in, uh, I don't know why I can't say this. Public immunization programs. The U.S. Postal Service, because there's nobody competing to deliver your packages. They're so good. Um, National Parks, the U.S. Mint, the Federal Deposit Insurance. The Fed, by the way, is a private company, just so you know. Technically. Uh, the inspection of meat, because you would never know what spoiled meat was <laughs> unless you had it inspected. And you've never received any type of meat that was tainted whatsoever since we have the inspection of meat, yeah. have you? Free job training programs, FEMA, embassies, uh, the elimination of diseases like typhoid, polio, smallpox, and yellow fever. Ah, <laughs> that that was socialism. All of this was socialism. Yeah, nobody nobody yeah. in the private market developed any vaccines for any of that stuff. Uh, the National Institutes of Health Research, whatever. She lists all this stuff. We're about to destroy it. Anyway, no one individual or private company could ever do all of this. No one could do it. No one could. That's why we needed NASA, because no one could go to space. It's impossible. It's impossible. Yeah. SpaceX, Blue Horizon Origin, whatever it's called, Blue Origin. Blue Origin. Whatever, Virgin Galactic <laughs> yeah. Atlantic, whatever they're called. Yeah. Socialism. No one could ever do it. We needed socialism. Yeah. None of these activities generate a profit either. No, they don't. Which is why government should never be run like a business since businesses are dependent on making profits to survive. You're reading from the article right now. Not, yes. Not, not saying this. Yeah. I'm reading. <laughs> oh, I've, I'm still animated. Yeah. Yeah. The reason we have government is because government can do what people cannot do for themselves individually to improve our quality of life and assure our safety. Oh, man. What would we ever do without government? Uh, Again, from the article, that's socialism. And there is clearly a large component of it in our society already. 
The taxpayer-funded government-operated public programs listed above and many others are responsible for the extraordinarily high quality of life we enjoy as Americans. That is why paying taxes is a patriotic act, act, and it's what really makes America great. Paying taxes is a patriotic act. Now, just to attack, what at, really uh, makes America let's great. Attack I mean. this from the bottom up. <laughs> Being patriotic to uh, to America, I I would love for the people who started America to read that last line and say, "Ooh, paying taxes is a patriotic act, and that's what really makes America great." And then they would they would rise up and and they would put that person on a boat and send them back to England. Like that that's what would happen, right? If they saw that. So, like, the idea, first off, that taxes are patriotic when we have an entire country that was formed because of a 2% tax that, that England put on something on is completely idiotic. Uh, th- that idea is just not going to work whatsoever. This whole article is just mind-boggling how somebody yeah. can get to this point. I know. And the fact that you think no one individual or private company could ever do anything that the government does is... So completely false. Yeah. Because, because the private market on every single one of these things that she has listed, even the military, they, there's a private market in the military. Yeah. As, as done better, has proven to be better well, than the government ever could be. Well, we rely on private companies to even manufacture all of the military equipment that we use. You know, the, go- the government doesn't have, they're not the ones running all of those factories and government factories. They're private companies doing that. Yeah, Lockheed Martin. That, that a massive profit for them. Radeon, you know? all of these <laughs> Raytheon, places. Yeah, Radeon. Sorry, Raytheon. Raytheon. Jesus Lord, I'm not invested in the military industrial complex. You're not. Obviously, you're not. But I do know Blackwater, which they had to change their name. I yeah, think, they're right? gone. They're not. They're not Blackwater anymore. But anyway, I'll go through some of these, and we combated this earlier. And then Nate, you had a good point during uh, the pre-show. I'm not sure if it actually got recorded, but you and I were discussing this and uh must have been pre pre-show yeah you gotta um, pay extra yeah the, on patreon for the, that one's a lot for the pre pre-show yeah um so anyway local police uh there's private security out there by the way lots of it uh public libraries amazon was built off of selling books yeah and there's still many bookstores out there well just how often are you going to your public library to do things yeah and my wife was just talking we were talking about how when we first moved to nashville we were really poor, you know, not doing well at all. Literally, we were, I mean, you did it too, selling plasma to pay bills. Yeah. It just, I mean, that's that was the extent of the poorness. But we lived in an apartment complex, and of course, uh, down in the office, they had computers that were connected to the internet. So you didn't even have, we didn't even have a computer. We were talking about that last night. When we moved to Nashville, one, we didn't even have, we didn't have smartphones, and we didn't have a computer. And this was 10 years ago. We didn't have smartphones or computers. We would go down to the office at the apartment complex and use the internet that they had. I mean, it, but of course, we wouldn't have been able to do that without the help of the public library, I guess. Yeah. That, that's what There's that no is. There's no way we yeah. could have ever got No way. No way we could have ever done it. Yeah. Without the public library. Um, fire departments. There are private fire departments. There's all kinds of volunteer ones. Tons. I used to go to fire. My dad was a uh, fire chief for a while when I was growing up. And a fire department completely made up of volunteer people. They weren't getting paid. They had the radios with them all the time. And they would show up at the fires when they would happen. And the idea, the really weird idea to me is that we see that in small towns. 
where there's not a whole lot of people, say, so you have all these people who will, even in a small town, you'll have enough people who will learn how to fight fires and use all these, all of this very complicated equipment to fight fires. And they will, they will do that. But the idea that if you had a big city that you wouldn't also have thousands of people that would volunteer to be on the fire department, I don't understand how that computes. I don't understand how you can get yourself enough people for a small town, but when it gets up to a big town, you would not be able to get a list of volunteers together enough to do that. And then not even uh, whether or not you would pay a $10 a month subscription for your fire service. Right. Why does it have to be taxed? Then it comes down to priorities at that time. What other, th- what things are you paying 10 bucks a month for? Yeah. You're, would one of them be if your taxes were reduced or gone, would you choose a $10 a month fire protection subscription? I still believe that if we had free market in the fire department realm, our houses would be built nearly fireproof anyway. I think all houses by this time would have sprinkler systems built into the walls. They would have all kinds of everything would be done in fireproofing. You would save on your your insurance costs. You'd save on your insurance. They would have these fireproofing systems easily built in. They're already built into businesses and rich people put them in their homes and things like that, where if there's a fire, the, the system can go off. If there were free markets in the fire department realm, I think that would be much more prevalent that 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 would pop up, that people's houses would be able to extinguish themselves by now. I know that's crazy. I know that's a crazy idea. But you know what? So was the airplane. (laughs) So there's a there's a way to do it. Trust me. Let me go to one of my favorites here. The Veterans Administration and Veterans Medical Centers and Hospitals. Isn't that one of the best? So oh, good. it's just that system runs flawlessly. There's we What love we it. need is more VAs. Remember, the title is Socialism is Already Here and We Love It. Yeah, that, yeah. this is a good one. You never see any complaints from anyone on any of these systems whatsoever about how terrible they are, about how terrible their services are about how they're underfunded, about how the people who work within them are not getting paid enough. You never hear any complaints about these systems whatsoever. Every one of these systems, these are all well known as the best run, most efficient and highest value quality systems that we have in our entire country. Water systems, drainage systems, sewer systems, FEMA. You yeah. know, in Puerto Rico, they weren't hiding anything in a warehouse. They weren't rationing no. goods or anything like that. That FEMA was, they were there for you. I could do a whole conversation about <laughs> about FEMA. I'm like, uh, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's a risk that you take on when you decide to live in an area that clearly gets hurricanes every year or every couple of years or every few years. Don't act like it isn't there. And without FEMA... Without that free money getting sent towards you, where you only had to buy private insurance, you would have to make the decision whether or not that insurance was worth it or you needed to live somewhere else that didn't get destroyed by a hurricane every couple of years. There's a story that John Stossel tells um, that is actually in basic economics where he put a house on the ocean, just, you know, maybe 100 feet away from the ocean. And his dad told him, why why are you moving that close to the ocean? Like, it's going to flood. It's going to get blown away by a hurricane. And he said, well, it doesn't worry. It doesn't matter. FEMA, they'll just build me a new house. Who cares? Who cares if it gets blown away or if it gets flooded? They'll just build me a new house. No problem. And lo and behold, a big storm surge came through. His house got flooded. They built him a new, built him a new house. Lo and behold, he, he stayed there. 
It happened again a few years later. They built him a new house. And then he eventually ended up moving, probably out of just feeling immoral about doing it. (laughs) But that's the incentive structure. Whereas if he would have actually had to incur that risk, then you have to make some decisions at that point and whether or not it's smart for a human being to live in the path of a hurricane for the rest of their lives. I don't know if that's smart. I just don't. Well, it's nice. It's nice, Nate, though, when you can live on the beach. Yeah. You have quick access. You can get down there. And then if anything bad happens, someone's there to bail you out. I'm not saying it's okay when people get, you know, hurt by hurricanes. I'm not saying that's okay. But when you look at a city like New Orleans, oh, let's build a city below sea level and we'll fill it up with millions of people. And uh, we'll just put this dam up here. We'll put this flood wall. It'll be fine. All that's good. Yep. Don't worry. Everything's good, you know? And then if it all gets destroyed, guess what? We'll just put a bunch of federal money towards it and rebuild all of it. And we'll all just sit here again until we can complain about the next time it happens. Until Lily comes up. You just got to ask. You just got to ask what the incentive structure is that this stuff has. So sorry, I I cut in on FEMA, but no, that's fine. I mean, I was just I'm just going through the list of all of these things on here, Charlie. Social Security. Well, this is where I was going to get to Social Security and Medicare, which they say people love. But it's not that people actually love these programs. It's the fact that they were duped into paying for it. So they're they're forced now to pay into it. So even Republicans don't want their Medicare or Social Security benefits taken away from them because they paid into it their entire lives. That's what they don't want taken from them. They don't want taken what they paid in. But the system itself is absolutely terrible right now. Somebody commented, and it's actually higher than this, but I'll use his numbers, um, that in today's money, we have $50 trillion of unfunded liabilities inside of Medicare alone. Yeah. Now, if you look at inflation, the estimates are upwards of $120 trillion Well, because if you just pro- for Medicare. If you project it out 50, 100 years, right. you're talking about 2% every year. $150 trillion that you're actually talking about in unfunded liabilities for your great-grandchildren. Exactly. So, the, so this is a, an issue. It's a broken system. So nobody... Everybody just wants their money back. That's actually what they want. They want the money that they paid in back. And we've already ran the math. We've already told you guys. If you were to just take 6% of your paycheck, on average, for the average person, uh, those who make more obviously would have more. Those who make less would have a little bit less. But if you invested it into a standard market return, you would have over a million dollars to pay for your Medicare by the time you reach the age of retirement. Yeah. Which, what is retirement? I don't know. Who came up with that? That's another- I was listening to Jordan Peterson the other day. He's like, uh, you know, retirement used to be for, you know, the guys who worked in uh, the coal mines for 40 years, and they came out with broken backs and black lung, and they retired because a few months later, they were going to die. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when they retired. We've talked about this several times. (laughs) The age that Medicare kicks in- is above the life expectancy for the people that existed that enacted Medicare or yeah. Social Security. I'm sorry, Social Security. The age that Social Security kicks in is, what is it, 62, 65, something in there? 65. You were yeah. only supposed to live like two or three years after that. Yeah. Well, not even. When yeah. Social Security was enacted, the average lifespan was in the 50s still. Social Security was, is not a retirement plan. It was just in case you happened to live too long. <laughs> that's, that's all it was. It's not built to be a retirement plan. Your life and creating value and being smart with your money is supposed to be a retirement plan. Social Security were for, were for people. It was for people. Oh, Amy Klobuchar just dropped out. There we go. Just got Woo-hoo. a notification about it. Um, 
<laughs> yeah. Um, Drop it like flies. So Social Security was for the people who happened to live well above the average life expectancy for a human. It was not for every single person who ever got old to retire. That's not what the system was. If you were going to make Social Security relevant to 2020, it wouldn't kick in until you were 90 or 95. And it would be that would be the same plan that they enacted for Social Security. If you actually wanted to stay with what they enacted, then it would kick in when you're 90 or 95. And everyone would understand, well, that's not a retirement plan. I need to come up with something for retirement. That's what I need to do. But now we kept the age the same and we raised the life expectancy 30 years. And now we've got a lot of people who expect that they're just going to retire on this. This is how good government is at managing all these systems. And everyone loves it. And every Yeah, clearly this, this yeah. is what this author says. Everyone loves it. That's what's going on in Western Colorado. By you the get way. a terrible return on your money for Social Security. It's it's like it's something like two percent that you that you actually get on the money that you that you put in the Social Security. You're going to live off of what is it, thirteen hundred dollars max a month, fifteen hundred max a month off of that. I think you actually lose money. So you're going to be getting fifteen thousand dollars a month to live off of. After paying a into year. the system a year, sorry, to live off of, after you paid into the system your entire life, it you would have been so much better off if you would have been allowed to put that money instead of giving it to the government if you could have put it into a private investment account. Even if you started in the Great Depression, by the way, because I've ran all the numbers on every single year that we've had a stock market, even if you started saving money a couple of years before the Great Depression, you still would have came out with way more money than you put in. Like you're talking thousand percent gains on your money because you would have been putting in money during the Great Depression and then your money would have exploded after we got out of that. So it's this idea that we love these systems. They're just so good while we're also complaining that they suck at the same time and saying that we need to fix them. I don't understand the ideology that that makes you think this way. I I can't figure it out. And I thought that the more we did this podcast, the more I would understand the people that think like this. The digger, the, the further we dig into this, the deeper we dig into this, the less I can understand what's happening in, happening in these people's brains. I, this is... Well, it's, it's purely self-interest. It is. That's what it is. It's also a need for security is, is what a lot of it is. You want a guaranteed fire department and your guaranteed police department that everyone talks about hating all the time but you know most of the retirement people, that everyone says they hate but most of the people that are like oh well you know i'm fine with paying a little bit more in taxes if that means everyone can get the care they need what they do is they disguise their greed as compassion and then the ones who say that most of them don't even pay any taxes yeah like oh well i'm fine i'm fine with my taxes going up well that's because yeah. 10% times zero is still zero. It's still zero. Because you don't pay anything. The, the, like half the country. What you're saying is I'm fine for everyone else's taxes to go up because mine's yeah. going to remain the same and I get all the benefits. I'd be fine with the 50% tax rate as long as I had all this stuff. Well, guess what, man? You don't pay any taxes. Yeah. Okay. The bottom 50% average tax rate, effective tax rate is 3%. The bottom 20% is their effective tax rate is negative 7%. Yeah, sure, all these people are fine with taxes going up. They don't pay taxes. They love it. 
Of course I'm fine with everyone else's taxes going up. It'd be great. Why would I not be? they got free public schools on here. Since when, Charlie, when you pay money for something, do you then put the word free in front of it? I do not <laughs> understand that at all. These free public schools that apparently need someone like Castro to come in and fix our literacy rates so we can actually do a good job. I think that's about the only option. By now, we need, we need some type of Cuban system where they line all the people up who can't read and kill them, and then your literacy rate goes up. So uh, Too bad uh, he died. Yeah, just yeah. too bad. We Wish could, we could bring him back. We could really use, you know, Bernie could make him his, his literacy czar and, <laughs> and could, could put him in place. Maybe Castro, some of his kids could run the Department of Education and Bernie's, uh, you know, and Bernie's administration. Yeah. That way we can fix these free that you pay for public schools that are doing terrible, where we pay more money than every other country besides Switzerland per student, and we get something like the 25th ranked results out of it. And private schools, if you're going to pay for a private school, the money to send your kid to a really nice private school is less than what the government pays per student for free public education. On average. On average. Not saying there's not crazy expensive public schools. There are here in Nashville. Yeah. That's there's some really expensive private ones. Private ones, yeah. But but on average, you know, even in Nashville, like in, in Lebanon, which isn't that far out of Nashville, um, friend, I think it's Friendship Christian School has really high ratings. They do a good job. Good job. <laughs> that was and, almost a Trump impression right yeah, there. I know. Almost. They do a good job. <laughs> and uh, they're like $9,000 a year. Yeah. And the average that uh, the, the federal government spends or the government spends on per student is like 14000 yeah. yeah. So that's $5,000 less, and they have better outcomes, better scores. Imagine that. Now, because there are some schools in Nashville, it's like 20000 Because if you would have got on and their ratings were terrible, then you wouldn't send your kid there. Right. Therefore, they have to do a good job. You're not forced to send your kid to a certain school like they are in the public education system. So the private systems say, well, we need our ratings to be good, so let's do a good job at educating students. Let's get better all of the time. Actually, let's actually be affordable, too. Let's do that. Let's be competitive. Let's be competitive. Okay. The, down at the bottom of this article, she said that none of these are things that a private company or any individuals could do. None of them. No, we need government to do it. There's no way that Bill Gates could invent a new technology that could completely destroy this entire climate crisis that we're all talking about, which he has. Actually, Bill Gates was like... Well, I invented one and no one cared about it. I guess I'll invent two ways we can completely solve the climate crisis. Let's see if I can get any Let's headlines. See if anyone will talk about it whatsoever. Hey, I'll make a way that's cheaper than even getting fossil fuels. I'll make it cheaper than fossil fuels. That way we can't make the economic argument against it anymore. No one cares at all. This guy set aside $40 billion to solve a lot of the world's problems. Still has a, probably still got 40 billion, probably found a way to continue making money in that account. Probably still got 40 billion sitting in it, trying to solve these problems. Has solved them. And AOC wants to tell you that to solve climate change, we just got to have one 10 yearly payment of $93 trillion. And that's what we need to pay for. But Bill Gates can invent new ways, the new nuclear technology with the traveling wave reactor and the solar mirror technology that can heat steel, melt melt steel, can actually manufacture things because he found a way to get solar mirrors up to 1,000 degree heat without using any fossil fuels for heat Well, whatsoever. it's like that person who wrote the article, it's Bezos' world now. Yeah. Like he owns the earth. Like these... You know, if the governments would have just taken their money, they wouldn't be able to do all of these wonderful things that they're doing. Yeah. 
yeah. the government would be able to do it. No, they wouldn't because they'd spill they would spend Bill Gates's 40 billion dollars in about 6 hours. That's that's so the thing like before you go to sleep tonight while well, we're recording this at like 1 o'clock yeah. p.m. I don't know what time you're going to listen to it. 6 hours from now, 40 billion will be gone. That's what the that's what the US government does. They so, spend about eleven, about eleven billion every single day. Is what they're is. I'm pretty sure is what they're spending. Well, four but four days. I calculated that it would take for all of Bill Gates's wealth, it would take the government eight days to spend it. For the amount of money that Jeff Bezos just put in the climate change, the government would spend that in about twenty hours. Uh, but it's Bezos's world now because he's put forward an amount of money that the government would spend in twenty hours. But it's his world now, yeah, for sure. He he's bought the world with ten billion dollars. There's no way these good purchase private companies could ever do anything good, or these private individuals. Only government is the benevolent dictator of of society, and then and they're the only ones who bring up. But she also said we wouldn't have this quality of life. It's governments. You know, back in the day, it was your king and queen. They're the only they they gave you that quality of life. Now it's our beloved. Our beloved politicians in Washington, D.C., they're the ones that afford us this quality life. Yeah. Without them, none of this would have been invented. We wouldn't have Uber. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to have podcasting or the internet. Nothing. Cell phones. Any, anything like that. The quality computer. of life that we enjoy. Being able to, be, to float in the air and be life flighted <laughs> and have a miracle surgery performed on us. Not possible without the government. No, no possible way. The, yeah. the biggest logical inconsistencies here where this entire argument falls apart are on, on two things. One, she says that none of these things can be done profitably. Therefore, the government has to do it. They can't be done profitably. So the government has to do it. Now, that is describing a system that is not uh, what you, sustainable whatsoever. It's not sustainable because she's saying that these things aren't profitable, we're going to lose money doing them. So automatically, you're saying that we will always spend more than the value that we're taking in to be able to do this. If it were less, if we were spending less and getting a higher value from it, well, then the private companies would be, that's profit. That's what profit is. So they'd be able to do it. So therefore, we're, we're always going to spend more than the amount of value we're going to get back in return for these items. That is not sustainable over time. Because you're making the argument clearly that since these aren't profitable, you will come out at a negative forever. Eventually, a negative forever will get to zero. That will get, and then it'll just be negative, and that's bad. That's like there's Africa, like negative. If you keep if you keep going that way, so she's already explaining that these things aren't sustainable. That's why the private businesses don't do them. We've already talked about the fact that private businesses do do them, and they do them better than the government does them. But we'll, we'll excuse that for a minute. We'll excuse that idea. But it's not a sustainable model where you're explaining that we're always going to spend more than the value that we're going to be returned from, and we have to do this every single year. That is a pathway down to zero, down, down to nothing. So these things have to be done. In a, profitable, in a profitable way. And then you have to ask the question, all of these things, what would any of these things, how would any of them be uh, paid for? How would any of them be paid for if not from the money that is created inside of capitalism? Because socialism, she just said, doesn't create any money. She just said it down there, doesn't create any money. <laughs> 
Yeah. That's she literally said that. So therefore we have to take from the profit of the other businesses to pay for all of these things. Which begs the question, if that is the case where none of this can exist, if we do not have the money to take from these other places, don't you want to ask the question, how could we make sure that we're always creating more and more opportunity and wealth and money so we can pay for some of these other things? Why would you want to go towards a system that destroys the opportunity for those things to exist and say we're going to provide all of these things at the same time? What's the thing? Play it out. Yeah. Play it out. This is what people have always said. Eventually, you run out of money. Eventually. I've always said America is so rich right now, we could probably handle socialism for a good, I would say, 20 years. And I don't think so. You don't you think it'd be quicker than that? I think the uh Well look at Venezuela. I mean, they were praising themselves for what, ten years? Yeah. You know, that everybody was happy. You I don't know, think everybody was living the dream. I don't know what debt they started out in or or how messy their foundation was with, since they were able to ex- export so much oil at a high price for, for a while. So long. Um with our, I don't know, with with our economy the way it is right now, I think you would see a market crash immediately, similar to what's happening kind of right now, although the market's back up just a little bit today. You would see a crash. You would see uh, the destruction of the money. In my opinion, you would see it quicker in the U.S. than you would see in other countries because of the shaky foundation that we're on already. But oh, whatever. I'll give you, say, the 20. I would say 10. I'd, you know, I'd give them 10. A 10. <laughs> That's what I would give. I'd have got him 10. <laughs> <laughs>